Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust. Member FDIC. Uh, let's go to the uh, Brandon Moving and Storage Hotline, bring in Tom Murphy from the Arkansas Democrat Gazette. Tom, as you can imagine, we've been talking a lot about the draft and uh, the College World Series. So let's start at the draft. Uh, what were your, your thoughts on what happened last night? Well, I guess, you know, Nick Smith came to campus with the thought he might be a lottery guy, but I do believe the the injury um, maybe played a, played a role in dropping a little bit. And so I guess they'll be the first Razorback to play for the Magic ever, certainly the first drafted by the Magic. And um, hopefully he'll, he'll find his way and prosper. But, you know, Anthony Black's move up the draft board was something to behold in the last few weeks. And, and excuse me, I guess it's black going to the magic. My bad. Um, I thought uh, you said that. Yeah, I think you said that. Oh, okay, yeah. But anyway, so um, I, I hope he does well. I hope he, I hope he finds a jump shot. And I'm sure he's gonna, I'm sure he's <laughs> gonna fit in a locker room with his, <laughs> with his teamwork. You know, like his team first, and you know his, his willingness to distribute and and be able to get to the rim and all. But if he could develop a, a jump shot that makes defenders have to be out on him to defend the shot, then he's going to have a, a longer NBA career than if he doesn't. Hmm. I, uh, I I think Celtic fans were pretty happy for Jordan Walsh in the second round. That seemed like a good value pick for them. Maybe so. And I heard some people criticizing some of the moves they've made, acquiring uh, Chris Stapps. Um, and saying that, look, this looks like all offensive moves. And, you know, the Celtics need defense. That's what knocked them out of the playoffs. And I think Jordan Walsh is a good, solid pick for defense. Um, you know, a team needs a rebounder, uh, an unselfish passer and that kind of stuff. Um, but like Black, I mean, he's got he's to get a, a jump shot uh, established in the professional ranks to, you know, have a long career because he's, he's got to be able to score. So, um, you know, I hope it works out well for him. He's obviously on a very good franchise that is going to be in the playoffs, you know, for years to come, and, and hopefully he can find a niche with that team. Tom Murphy with us from the Arkansas Democrat Gazette, oldhogsports.com. Uh, Tom, did you spend more time watching the draft last night or the College World Series? Uh, CWS, man, and what, what hmm. a game it was. I know there were modern kids who'd be like, whoa, that was boring, no, no runs. I guess the conditions were right. Uh, you had your two aces on the mound. Um, and as somebody on one of my threads pointed out, the LSU, uh, their collective, NIL collective, mm. put out the money to, to, the, um, to schemes and to um, Dylan Cruz and Tommy White. And, um, and those are the guys who they relied on in this game. I mean, they're the ones who – Got on base, hit the two-run homer, threw was it seven or eight shutout innings, two-hitter, and um, and and won the game. Since sent LSU to the final, so I had a sneaking suspicion that they were going to be able to beat Wake Forest both games. And now, even though you'd say Florida is at great advantage because of what their pitching situation looks like, I would not count LSU no because they have a, a diverse offense, you know. Well, in, in, in their back pocket, and I know it'll be on short rest, probably three days. I guess it would be three days rest. They've got the pitcher of the year ready to go in, you know, game three if necessary on Monday. And just imagine that for, for the psyche of the team. 
And, and I know that that's kind of what propelled them to to last night. I heard the story about the the whiteboard and and, and what how they wrote down what the the itinerary or how they're going to get uh, accomplish uh, what they did, and knowing in the back of your mind that if we get to Monday, we got that guy on the mound. Are you kidding me? So to me, Florida's <laughs> got to win the first two. Yeah. I would think so, and I think I think LSU is going to score, and and so and they've got a bunch of guys. They got guys deep in their order who hit. They got hit it for power. I mean, Kay Beloso had a huge hit in the first game or the second game against Wake Forest, and then um, you know Cruz is a tough. The guy's hitting four twenty three. Okay, he didn't just hit four hundred. He hit four twenty three, and he gets on base a ton. And Tommy White's an RBI machine, and. You know, they used Thatcher Hurd last night, too, but you'd like to think, you know, that he'd be available for maybe a game two if you needed him. And they've had some kids show up out of that bullpen, like um, Gavin What's-His-Face, who, who pitched good innings in the College World Series. And the starter they used um, in the elimination game against yeah. Wake Forest, that kid, that was his first start. So, in other words, they're having the kind of things happen that lead to, you know, Cinderella-type stories and, and what propels you in Omaha. And so if they get more innings out of those kind of guys and can get to game three, I think it's advantage them. And that would be Jack Caglione against, um, against Keynes, most likely. Um, I think the advantage might, might probably be slightly with Florida, but I wouldn't count out LSU. I just got this text from a friend of the show. LSU's played 46 innings. Their pitching staff has allowed a run in only four of those innings. That's oh. incredible. No wonder they're winning. Yeah. Yeah. Did not realize didn't realize that. And that's with some arms that had not really done a lot during no. the regular season. No, Tom, during the middle of the season, uh shortly after, you know, Arkansas went down to Baton Rouge, they they had a stretch where their bullpen was a mess. Their number two starter was a question mark. Their number three starter was a question mark. In fact they uh, it was Cooper Riley. Uh, was a starter for them, and he stunk so bad he lost his spot. Now he's gone to the bullpen. He's one of their best bullpen guys. <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty amazing. And then you know they lose uh, West Johnson too. So um, they it's it's been a remarkable deal. And you know I don't like actively root against LSU, but they've got a ton of World Series, and so I'm not going to be like cheering for this team to win the World Series. I'd r- probably rather see Florida win it. But you do have to say that what they've done in Omaha has been pretty spectacular. No doubt. No doubt about it. I mean, really the last probably month what they've done, uh, maybe even five, six weeks, has been pretty uh, spectacular, the way that bullpen and the, the staff has come together. Because uh, we always knew they could hit it. Uh, it was the best hitting team I saw all year. Uh, the hitting carried them for a while. But now the, the pitching. Mm-hmm. It, and I think part of it's the park and, and the wind blowing in. That, that gives that pitcher a lot of confidence standing on the mound, knowing, you know what, I can probably groove one, and he if he hits it to dead center field, it's not going out. And, and you have one of the best center fielders in baseball to track it down and run it down. It's not going out of the park. It's probably in out. Mm-hmm. Yep, and that's probably uh, a confidence confidence boost for that pitching staff that was somewhat untested. Oh, and one other thing about LSU at the World Series, I think they're establishing a record that might not ever be broken in the in the Jello. <laughs> yeah, I, with LSU winning last night, that's that's three more uh, days, four more days possibly of Jello shots. So it, oh. yeah, it, oh, it's it, it's going to be knocked it's out. All the world needs is more drunken LSU fans. <laughs> Jello shots. <laughs> 
Uh, Tom, let's go to football. And I, I read a, a great story from you this week. It's about the uh, transfers for the football team and who you thought will make the biggest impact. Give me some of your guys that you think will make a big impact, the transfers on this team. Well, using last year as a kind of a template, because this is the new era of the transfer portal and all that and the NIL, um, Arkansas got super mileage out of Drew Sanders, Jaden Hazelwood, Matt Landers, and so on. Well, this year, you know, their their D-line, when you think about the impact guys um, on their D-line that are going to be in the two deep, most likely, in Jeffcoat and Morgan and Big Booker in the middle uh, and the kid Rose from Louisiana Tech, I, I expect all these guys to get some playing time. And then you got Greer at linebacker and the, the kid Thomas from Cincinnati. Uh, why would they not play? Mm-hmm. Um, Dwight McLaughlin, who now is in the second year, is going to be one of the top quarterbacks or projects to be in the entire conference and thus the country. And so they're going to get – and then your receiver core, you, you replace Hazelwood, Landers, and that group with uh, an Armstrong and, and Tesla, who I thought really came on late in spring, and they looked like SEC receivers. So I think they're going to fit right in and – you know, Arkansas is recruiting at a pretty high level out of the portal. These receivers are 6'4", um, so, you know, you, you have more confidence in winning 50-50 balls and that type of thing. Tesla made some unbelievable catches. So you're really going to get impact. And then, like, Joshua Braun on the offensive line, and then you have tight ends who came in, uh, like Gums and the other kid. Uh, so you're, you're getting impact at, at Jacoby Criswell at quarterback. Uh Basically, almost at every position on the team, you've got some kind of impact transfer. And um, if you're really adept at recruiting your freshmen and then plugging in with a bunch of guys and and making that roster work for you, then it gives you a leg up. And I know other teams have also plugged in a bunch of guys, but it looks to me like Arkansas got, got great value out of the portal and particularly in a couple of places like mm-hmm. D end and linebacker. I think those guys are going to get massive playing time. Tom, yep. you mentioned Tesla from Hillsdale. Here's a trivia question for you quiz kids. When is the last Hillsdale player uh, who won the NFL rookie of the year? Oh my. One. 50 years ago, Green Bay had a kicker named Chester Markle. That's the last oh. Hillsdale player that won NFL Rookie of the Year. So maybe Tesla has a big – Rookie of the Year? That yes. must have been a poor rookie class. Well, he, he was really making field goals from everywhere. So, like the uh, Washington uh, kicker that yeah, won it's like play, Yeah, it's like playing for Harbaugh. You play for Harbaugh, you're going to get 50 field goals a year because <laughs> he never wants to score touchdowns. But, uh, yeah, Chester Markle, Hillsdale, Tesla, uh, he could be the next one. I uh, hope so. He could. Uh, awesome, awesome thing on Chester. I think he was a straight ahead kicker. I'm not not sure. He was soccer. He, he was, was he was soccer style. He was soccer. Okay. But he also, was from I Poland. He was Polish. He was from Poland. I think he ended up having a drug problem, but turning his life around. There you go. And really making an impact with, with community service on Chester Markle. That's awesome. Wow, Tom. That's a good follow up. Good job, Tom. Who do you? Which one would you <laughs> say makes the biggest impact? Which transfer? Oh man. Um, the opportunity is going to be there for a lot of guys. Mm-hmm. I think Greer mm-hmm. being on the first team at the end of uh, spring at a position where, you know, Arkansas schemes basically are going to allow the linebackers to rack up some tackles. I think Greer is going to have a nice tackle year. But Thomas, 
who did not go through spring, I think he's going to have a chance to impact as well. So that might cut down a little bit on Greer's total production. But I, I believe one of those receivers is going to have a chance to be like a go-to guy for K.J. Between Tesla and, and Armstrong, I think one of those two guys is going to kind of be in that Matt Landers uh, mode. Maybe not just, you know, the touchdown or nothing type catches, but, you know, racking up 40 uh, receptions or something like that. So it's hard for me to say exactly, but I would guess somewhere between, I would say Armstrong, I'll go with Armstrong on offense and either Greer or Trajan Jeffcoat hmm. on defense. What about Snacks? Oh, yeah. We didn't mention Snacks, did we? <laughs> um, you know, his numbers weren't great at Baylor. I think he started 12 games and had like 16 tackles. Um, and so Walcott was seen as a guy who'd come in and might plug in, but he had the leg injury or the knee that kept him out of spring. And lo and behold, Snacks goes right up the depth chart the fact that Quincy McAdoo opened spring with a lower body injury that kept him out for a week or two, and Ladarius Bishop wasn't fully back from the knee, I think gave Snacks the opportunity, and he took advantage. He might wind up with a starting job um, and, and really might have a chance to impact. If they get good coverage out of those two guys, mm-hmm. uh, it, it, it gives Travis Williams more opportunity to be creative and aggressive like Sam, you know, like Sam has touted him as being, and who knows what that, that will lead to. When you think about last year's defense, they were that way. 42 sacks, cool record, but they gave up massive amounts of passing yardage, and so they got to cut down on that. Do we have any idea about Quincy McAdoo and what this year may look like for him? Well, it's just I think it's going to be wait and see. He's already been above, you know, like the p- prediction for, you know, he's in the hospital with the car wreck, something wrong, you know, with some, um, some discs. And he's already, you know, he started walking faster and all that. So, you know, obviously he'll have to pass some muster from a doctor uh, to, to be able to be allowed to play again. I haven't checked back in on him in a few weeks. But, um, you know, just going to be kind of wait and see. How does he heal up? Uh, and then what the doctors think is, you know, how important is football to him? You know, does he, how bad does he want to get back on the football mm-hmm. field? Uh, I hate it because I thought – that Quincy McAdoo was one of the kind of underrated success stories of all NCAA freshmen last year, what he did the second half of the season. And I would love to see that kid uh, get more playing time and, you know, further his career there. Tom, thanks. I hope you have a great weekend. We'll talk to you next Friday. Sounds good. Have a great weekend, everyone. It's Tom Murphy from the Arkansas Democrat Gazette, Whole Hog Sports on the Brandon Moving and Storage Hotline.